Hello, and welcome to another episode of This is the Voice of the Prophet. This week's message is entitled Religion or Relationship. There is definitely a difference. One of the things that I find really interesting is when a church or pastor is not teaching or at least encouraging their people how to hear from God for themselves. And worse yet is when the pastors insinuate or suggest to them that they can't or at least shouldn't try to hear from the Father. That's not only a scary thing, it's absolutely wrong and sinful as well. Why would I say that? Well, usually if a pastor is not teaching and encouraging his members how to listen and hear God's voice for themselves, then either is that they want to be in complete control of their members or the pastors themselves don't know how to hear God. When either of these things occurs, it means that the pastors are not encouraging and teaching their members to develop a personal prayer life and relationship with the Father. I've seen situations when people will go to their leadership with words that they believe they've heard God say, and the pastors find it aggravating and annoying. I've been one of those people who in my early years of trying to hear the Father was definitely aggravating and annoying. However, even in those situations, time should be taken to correct, direct, and encourage those who truly want to learn to hear the voice of God. What good parent doesn't take time to teach their children the right way? So should it be with pastors and leaderships with the flocks they lead. As a little girl growing up Catholic, we were discouraged from reading the Bible and were limited to catechism and the readings from the missiles on Sundays. We were taught to only pray the rosary, a list of words repeated in a particular order, mostly to Mary, in the words of the Catholics, the mother of God. Of course, we've all heard the saying that reading the Bible would drive you crazy. So again, personal communication with the Father was discouraged. Without realizing it, all of these things crushed the hopes and even the knowledge of building relationships with God. But let me say that the fault is not only with the pastor, it's also with the members themselves. Unfortunately, there are many, far too many people who attend Sunday services as well as Bible study and other functions or services at their churches only because it relieves their consciousness from the fact that they don't spend the time in the presence of God as they should. Far too many really don't want, as they see it, the burden of having to pray. They don't have the discipline or self-control to spend that time entering into his presence. This is a strong indication that their prayer lives, if there is one, are not as they should be. They are far, far, far too many who would rather have others pray for them, pray on their behalf while they think they'll just reap the benefit of those prayers without them putting forth any effort or time to be in agreement with the prayers that are being sent forth for them. There are many that I pray for on a daily basis, but I know without a doubt that they are in prayer as well. These are the ones that I find it quite easy to pray for and be in agreement with. What about the others? I continue to pray for them daily as well in hopes that one day they will develop their own personal intimate prayer lives with the Father. There are too many who have gone the way that Israel took 
when they insisted that they have a king instead of keeping God as their king. Israel wanted someone that they could see and hear in the flesh as opposed to trusting God who is spirit. In many churches, there are those who would prefer that their pastors, preachers, and teachers hear God for them. They would rather trust someone in the flesh to give them a word and prophesy to them as to what they can stand on as a word from God. They want someone that they can see as opposed to trusting in God whom they can't see and still rely on their faith in him to get them through their hard times. In 1 Samuel, the 8th chapter, the prophet reminded Israel that God was their king. They had prophets and judges that God spoke to, giving them directions as needed. However, the burden for the people of Israel to follow the orders of God through the prophets was too stringent and uncompromising for them. Even when God continually gave them victories over their enemies and supplied them with the needs, they, they still insisted on having a king, someone that they could see like the other nations around them. Before there was a king in Israel, God led his people directly. He spoke openly to them through the prophets and judges with signs and wonders. With God as their king, there was no other nation like Israel, but yet they wanted a mortal man, someone of, of flesh to lead them. In making this demand, they not only rejected Samuel, but they rejected God. Without realizing it, they were totally changing their communication with God. Unfortunately for them, as well as most Christians today, the understanding of the importance of one-on-one -on -one communication with the Father is lost. As I continually say, God wants each of us to hear him for ourselves. Everyone may not be able to hear him on the same levels, but it's been his will from the very beginning, not that we would see him, but that we would hear him. In Genesis 3 and 8, it reads, And they heard the voice of the Lord God walking in the garden in the cool of the day. And Adam and his wife hid themselves from the presence of the Lord God amongst the trees of the garden. The first direct interaction shown between God and man is in Genesis 3. Even with God creating, creating Adam and then Eve, there's no written word of any direct exchange between the three of them until Genesis 3. Then what we see is that they heard the voice of God walking in the garden. Before any other interaction is mentioned on any level, what happens first is that they hear God's voice. What we need to realize as believers in Christ, those of us who have received Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior, is that it is now and always has been his will that we hear him. What I'm about to share with you, some of you may have heard me speak of before, is concerning the silent years. Those would be the 400 years between the Old Testament and the New. As theologians and historians have written and taught us, we know that between the book of Malachi and the book, the book of Matthew, there were no written verifiable words that were placed in the Bible. That time period between those two books of the Old and New Testament was a total of 400 years, which are referred to as the silent years, 
that's 400 years when there was absolutely no spoken word from God to his people. In John 20, when Peter entered the tomb of Christ, the word says that he saw the strips of linen lying there. And he also saw the piece of linen that was wrapped around the head of Jesus folded. That folded piece of linen was not the type of napkin that would be used at a dinner table or for a meal. In actuality, what that piece of linen is named is a sidarium. This was the cloth used in Jewish burials and even Western burials into the early 20th century to keep the mouth of the deceased closed. It was quite an unsightly thing to see the mouth of the departed one open during wakes and burials. The piece of folded linen that Peter saw in the tomb after the resurrection of Christ was Jesus himself telling us that the mouth of God is no longer closed. He was letting us know that the 400 years of silence had ended. The mouth of God would no longer be shut and completely quiet to his people. Jesus told them in Acts 1 to wait for the gift that had been promised. That gift, as we all know, was the Holy Ghost who speaks to and through us. Again, as stated earlier, it has always been our Father's will that we hear his voice. As followers of Christ, as those who bear the titles of Christian, we profess to be those who emulate and follow the examples of Jesus. And Jesus spoke with his father continually. Not only that, but Jesus always let it be known that we could and should hear our father's voice. In John 6, 45, it reads, it is written in the prophets. They will all be taught by God. Everyone who has heard the father and learned from him comes to me. Jesus quoted that from Isaiah 54, 13, when he said that we would all be taught by God and that everyone, everyone who has heard the Father and learned from him would come to Jesus. I cannot emphasize enough that God wants all of his children to hear his voice. Well, if we can all hear him, in that case, what's the purpose of going to church? I believe it's so that we could know that we're all on one accord and hearing correctly. Remember in the King James Version of Acts 2, it reads that the Holy Ghost did not come until they were all with one accord, meaning all with one mind. However, if we're not personally hearing anything at all, then whatever someone tells us, we must accept as truth. Jesus said in John 10, 27, my sheep listen to my voice. I know them and they follow me. Does that mean that we shouldn't listen to the pastors or leadership? Of course not. But it does mean that we should be hearing God for ourselves so that we will not be led astray by voices that could possibly not be of him. It means that we should be hearing God on a level that allows us to know what he's speaking to us directly for our own personal lives and not have to wait until we get to a Sunday service or revival in order to be stirred up and have someone pumping us up emotionally just so that we will know what we should believe. 
words of pastors and prophets should be confirmations or at least will be confirmed by the things that God speaks to us personally. Our faith in the Father is supposed to be strengthened and increased. Remember, we grow from faith to faith. When we begin to hear the Father, even on the smallest level, it gives us a level of faith. From that small level, as we hear others who are also hearing God's voice, it increases our levels of faith. But even those small levels will never happen if we're not spending time in the presence of our Father, seeking Him for ourselves. As stated before, there are far too many who are waiting for Sunday services to hear what God is saying as opposed to seeking him for themselves on a daily basis. I was part of a Bible discussion last Tuesday when one of the sisters shared a quote from Nietzsche. It says, and I quote, sometimes a person doesn't want to hear the truth because they don't want their illusions destroyed. I may be about to destroy some illusions, but so be it. Listening to gospel and Christian music or some Christian show on the way to work does not take the place of prayer and devotion. Watching TBN, CBN, or any other Christian program does not take the place of seeking the face of God. It's okay to listen to these things if that's what you like, but far too many believe that this is the same as prayer and devotion, and it's not. Far too many are being deceived by the illusion of going to church on Sundays and allowing themselves to believe that this is what's going to get them into the kingdom of God. However, in Matthew 7, it reads, not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven, but only those who does the will of my father who is in heaven. Many will say to me on that day, Lord, Lord, did we not prophesy in your name and in your name drive out demons and in your name perform many miracles? Then I will tell them plainly, I never knew you. Away from me, you evildoers. I want to key in on five specific words in that scripture. I never knew you. In the Bible, the word knew denotes intimacy. That word knew is a Jewish idiom for sexual intercourse. In other words, when a man knew his wife, it meant that he had been intimate with her. The word means to understand, perceive, to get a knowledge of, and to feel. This is what God wants with us. He wants us to know him, to feel and understand him intimately. God wants us to know him in a way that we not only love him, but be in love with him. This is the entire theme and sentiment of the book of Songs of Solomon. It's God expressing his intimate love for his bride, the church, and the intimate love his bride should have for him. God doesn't want religion. And he doesn't want just a relationship. He wants an intimate, loving relationship with us, his bride, the church. Those who are attending Sunday services without having their own time with the Father on a daily basis are being 100% religious. If you're attending services every Sunday, Bible studies, revivals, and all the rest, and not seeking the face of God on a daily basis, then you are only being religious.
Pam just destroyed another illusion. No one, when ready to enter into the kingdom of God, wants to hear Jesus say, depart from me. I never knew you. That would mean that the time was never taken. The care or love to know God personally, intimately, and lovingly, lovingly for themselves was never applied. It means that they never got to know God for themselves and that they only went by what others told them. They only went on the prayers that other prayed. Even when churches call for fasting, they may have fasted and prayed, but it was still not hearing or seeking God for themselves. It was only a formality to be a part of what everyone else was doing. If that's what you're doing, then you're no better off than I was as a little Catholic girl, genuflecting, making the sign of the cross, being told what to say and what to believe with no personal knowledge of God for herself and totally lost. There's a difference, a huge difference between religion and relationship with the Father. We should all know that difference and make sure that we are walking in the right one. Thank you so much for listening to this week's episode of This is the Voice of the Prophet. I ask that each of you would share this podcast with others and always remember that it's available for listening on every podcast server and app. I continue to ask you for your support through your prayers. You can contact me through my email at amiteagle at charter.net. That's A-M-I- T-E-E-A-G-L-E at charter.net and through the Facebook post or Facebook messenger. Thank you again for your prayers and support and may God bless each and every one of you.